This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for the past 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and type in the code Locked On in How'd You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. rockauto.com, helping you stay safe in your car today. It's the Locked On Aggies podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, We're going to be discussing about one of the greatest Aggies to ever come out of the 12th man program in Miles Garrett and his contract extensions that are coming up in these shortcoming weeks. He is going into his fourth year, which is kind of the start of when you hear about contract extensions. We have our main man, Jeff Lloyd, here from Locked on Browns to help us break it down. But before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show better on a three- to four-day week basis, I will always take the public criticism. Tell me you like it. Tell me you hate it. Whatever you want to do, I am more than happy to change the program and the format to make this show one of the best as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And while you're at it, follow us at Locked On Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content here on LOPN. So give us a follow at both. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least listen on LockedOnPodcast.com. As I mentioned before, we have a very special guest on. He's part of Locked On Browns. You know him. You love him. You probably also hate him if you are any team in the NFC North. Give it up for Mr. Jeff Lloyd. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not too much, Cole. Uh, we're just, you know, trying to uh, navigate here the end of the school year in New Jersey and then, you know, hopefully trying to hopefully start getting back to some normal life here, um, which hopefully could include football, all that stuff, and just, you know, getting out of the house and, you know, getting back to, you know, the, the life we were all kind of accustomed to till about three months ago. Yeah, and for you, it's a lot different than for me. We're in Texas. You know, we, we're trying to stay as safe as possible, but we are at least able to kind of go out, see a few more things, be a little bit more active. So we're kind of in that stage of the process where you guys are still in the back burners of everything going on, which again, everyone who is here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we appreciate you for listening during this difficult time. We appreciate all of our guests and all of our podcasters who are doing phenomenal work trying to give you up-to-date information and highlights to keep your days filled with activities. Jeff is doing a great job covering the Cleveland Browns on the Lockdown Podcast Network and also on Pro Football Network. Give them a follow at PFN365 and at ProFootballNetwork.com. Now, Jeff, Miles Garrett, just a freak of nature, a dominant defensive end, one of the most polished prospects to come out of any school from Texas A&M in 2017, you've covered him extensively. You've seen him up close. You've seen what his production has been. In the three years since he's come out of A&M, in that historic draft class that featured guys like Jamal Adams, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you have Deshaun Watson, Marshawn Lattimore even, was this still the right call to go with Miles Garrett at the end of the day? I think with the situation and the way it was currently constructed at the time, and as far as looking at the roster, Yes, it was. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson, who loves to be doing this tour now where he wants to basically go back and reinvent the wheel and talk about the way things were or the way he thought things were and the vision that they had. I mean, you look at a player like Patrick Mahomes with all his ability and even the other quarterbacks in that class, 
if was that a situation where they would have gone and would have they succeeded? And you probably think, no, it was a really, really difficult situation. There was no skill. The offensive line, you know, granted you had Joe Thomas, but at that point that was getting towards the end of Joe's career. So the offensive line, and it struggled over the last two years as far as putting together, you know, a a solid offensive line, a solid unit from left tackle to right tackle and everywhere in between. They've achieved that point now. And even Baker Mayfield took his struggles in year two last year due to the cause of it. You, If you're holding the number one pick in the draft, look, if you need a quarterback, sure, that is a great way to go here. But is there ever the wrong way to go when you say you took the top player consensus in the draft? Some people may have felt Mahomes was that guy. But the situation just didn't dictate bringing in the quarterback. How great can a player be if he's got nobody to work with? Whereas you bring in a guy like Miles Garrett, you don't necessarily need that. He can do everything he can to be as disruptive as he he can be and, and change you know the face of your defense through one guy, through one position. He's been able to do this for the last couple of years for the Browns. Um, double teams, triple teams, and still at times that is not effective enough. They've been smart enough over the last couple of years to finally to realize that, you know, miles alone cannot be your defensive line. You've got to add with it. You know, Larry Ogunjobi has kind of been up and down as a player, but they went this year, they attacked the uh, interior defensive line hard. You brought in Adrian Claiborne to go with, you know, Olivier Vernon to go with Miles Garrett. They still have, you know, their toes dangling in the water on a player of Jadavian Clowney's, um, you know, obviously massive talent as well. Um, but you look at Garrett and it's what he's done in the time he's been here. And, you know, last year probably would have never won it because a six and 10 team or maybe what, what would have maybe been seven and nine if Miles Garrett didn't have the suspension. He was playing at a defensive player of the year type of pace, obviously missing those last six games cost it. But he's just everything you could have asked for. And I think the biggest thing with it is, is you get a quarterback to be so heavily invested in the team and so heavily invested in the community. You don't always get that from any other positional player. Usually the marriage of the franchise and the city is through the quarterback. Miles Garrett has totally ingratiated himself in this city. Uh, anything he can do to make this you know city a better place, this world a better place, not along with just being a great, great talent on the field, He's been a huge, huge part of making a difference off the field and in the world and in the community. And if that's what you took with the number one overall pick, that is a great, great return of an investment. Yeah, I think that this is another argument that I like to make with people is everyone always goes and looks back and goes, well, you know, look at the quarterback and what we were able to see, like a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. If you put them in Cleveland, are they as good as they would be? And maybe if you put... Mitchell Trubisky in Kansas City, is he better than Mahomes at this point? I think that those are all things that add up to it. But I think we can both agree, when you look at Garrett, he could have gone to San Francisco. I think he probably could have gone to Chicago. He could have gone to any one of those top 10 teams and been an instant impact and probably still the best player, which is why I think we both agree he was the right call for Cleveland at the time. Uh, Without question. And we, you know, and it's so funny. Everybody wants to do this leading into the draft. And then before the picks are actually made, oh, there's so much about fit. Everything is about fit. The guy's got to be in the right place and it's got to really work. And then you know what? Patrick Mahomes takes off in year two. Oh, the Browns screwed it up. Well, wait a minute. Everybody said a year ago, it wasn't a really good fit for any quarterback. You know, you can't flip the script, you know, and go back and play naysayer after the fact. Um, they did not have a plan in place to draft a quarterback high. Uh, their offense was in shambles. This was a team that was still, you know, begging on, you know, the 
the electricity of what Josh Gordon could be. And what did he end up playing? One, he ended up playing like four more games for the Cleveland Browns. They were heavily invested in this guy for a long time to be the guy. It was a huge mistake. Um, if they were going to take a quarterback, they were going to need a wide receiver. They just didn't have enough in place to go that route. And Miles Garrett was going to make that much of a difference on your defensive side of the ball that it was an easy slam dunk. His rookie year, he missed a little time. His first rep in the NFL, not even at outside, he went inside and got a sack on his first rep. He's just a special talent, special man. It's what Cleveland needed to do. And, you know, it wasn't going to change their overall winning percentage, which we all saw, and it put it in position where they still had a ton of draft capital left. And Miles made that much of a difference on the defensive side of the ball where in the next year or two, they could start to say, hey, we're going to start to heavily invest our draft classes on the offensive side of the ball. So hopefully we can start to get to a little bit more of an even balance where we have a defense that's capable of things. And we have an offense that we can hopefully count on to score more than you know 10 to 12 points a week. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. But when, uh, real fast before we come up to the break, we did talk a little bit about his production, what we saw in 2019. That that suspension, we'll get into that a little bit later. But before the suspension, when you look at the stat line, he had 10 sacks on the year. He had 29 total, total uh, solo tackles. He had 45, yeah, it was 45 or something like that, uh, single tackles. And I think he had 18 quarterback hits. Those are numbers that when you compare him to the actual guy who did win the award, Shaquille Barrett, they were going neck and neck, back and forth for who was the sack leader, who was number one in quarterback hurries and quarterback pressures, QB hits. If he does not get suspended, and they do finish maybe seven and nine, eight and eight, he has a legitimate case at least for a Pro Bowl number one, maybe all Pro number two. But does he make the case for MVP if he can continue his sack rate going up? Because he was getting about half a sack to 0.8 sacks per game at that rate. I'd say he was he would have been in contention, and it's it's always going to be tough to beat out you know the quarterback, and obviously it would have been really tough to beat out Lamar. I mean the team went on and you know won uh, I believe they what twelve straight games. It would have been really really difficult to compete, and especially not being a playoff team. Um, but as far as defensive player of the year, as far as All Pro, um, you know certainly would have probably been in line for his second Pro Bowl. He's become a name, and it's it's actually kind of funny is because Miles Garrett I feel is more well respected around the NFL in the entire fifty states than he is by some of his own Cleveland fan base. Um, and I think that maybe is probably the sting of the fact that they took a defensive end uh, as opposed to some of these quarterbacks they did. And there's, you know, there's always that elevated pressure. Well, if it's not 24 sacks a year, you know, was it really worth it? That type of thing. Um, but he's everything you could have asked for. He's still young. He's improving. And one of the things that was really, really impressive last year is he became more of a, a scheme player. And you notice that, you know, in the first game with the Ravens, you know, how difficult it was, you know, for teams to, you know, take on the Ravens. He did a smart job, Olivier Vernon, containing Lamar Jackson and then getting the situation, hopefully, where your offense can score some points. And then your defense, you don't have to worry about Lamar in the run anymore. You can eliminate that. But him as just far as being a player who graded out well last year was probably the most impressive thing about it. Because, look, you know, pass rushers sometimes get some flack, you know, get some you'll get ignored for that. Nobody cares. All right. Well, at two and a half sacks, I don't care if he graded out at 53. Um, but Miles, week in, week out, was starting to do everything that was asked of him. And that's what you want with potential superstar players and ones that you obviously are looking to commit a boatload of money to for a really, really long time. Yeah, we got Jeff Lloyd here talking a little bit about Miles Garrett, talking about his contract extension that is in the works going on. We know what he's going to say about what we think should happen to Miles Garrett, but there are some stipulations. So don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down the stipulations, the positives, and the negatives in just a quick moment. 
Howdy everybody, it's Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies, and like many people, I like to keep my car up to date, but with the ever-increasing numbers of Audis being made and new models coming out daily, it's impossible to stock up on the parts you need at every traditional chain front store. That's why you should go ahead and check out rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business helping out auto part customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine control to brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's for a classic convertible or a daily driving car, get everything you need with just a few easy clicks that will be delivered immediately to your door. The Rock Auto catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brand, specification, and the price you prefer. Plus, you're never going to beat rockauto.com's prices. They're reliably low and they're same as the professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend twice as much for the same parts at a traditional store? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on on their how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to go for your broken down car today. Give them y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. We got the main man, Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns. Make sure you give him a follow on social media at JJ Lloyd. Make sure you give that follow to him. Also, if you like great podcasts surrounding everything covering your favorite sports teams, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Lockdown Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and highlight information for all your fantasy sports teams. Give us a like on Instagram, give us a follow on iTunes, Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least listen at LockedOnPodcast.com. We got Jeff Lloyd here from Lockdown Browns breaking down Miles Garrett. Jeff, we broke down a little bit about his production last year, but his production could have been more. I mean, we both know that the numbers that he finished with, 10 sacks on the year, 18 quarterback hurries, they could have been so much more if not for the incident in week 11, I believe it was, against Mason Rudolph. It was it was a moment where if you told me any player did this, I would have guessed 50 to 60 names before I would have guessed Miles Garrett just because of the demeanor, his his way that he approaches himself in the locker room. But he got the suspension. What was your take when this whole thing happened on his reputation as a player, and, and more importantly, on what this would do to the Browns when it came to contract negotiation? Well, uh, you know, just sitting there that Thursday night, and you know, we're getting ready, obviously, to do a post game show, and we're watching the last seconds dwindle off. And what should have been an incredible night, Cleveland Browns wise, a Thursday, a primetime win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody cared that Ben Roethlisberger was there, and then he just saw it all with a flash of the eyes, just fall apart how it did. And, you know, the first thing it went through it the next day, and we talked about it on the post game show, you know, what happens, you know, it's inexcusable. We, we pretty much knew that was going to be the end of his season. Um, regardless, if it was week three, week four, week five, it probably pretty much could have been the end of miles Garrett season. Uh, the thing was the next day though. And that was a difficult part for me is, you know, everybody, you know, in the words and, and thug and, you know, jerk and clown and this is not the man that we've seen we had seen for two and a half years while covering i mean you know, game of thrones the you know series finale he rents out a bar and invites fans to come watch it he gets a dog yeah. he calls so he puts out on social media me and my dog are going to be at this dog park anybody wants to come with their dogs i'd love to meet it just wasn't the guy that miles garrett is 
you know, the personality is always engaging. He's very laid back. You're never going to get too much edgy from him. You know, he's going to give you, you know, the stock quotes, the stock answers to questions, because that's how you handle the media. And, you know, so you don't end up biting your own self in the ass. But it was just and everything that went down. It, it was just and wherever that audio is, and I do not want to hear for one second that there was a Thursday night primetime game, and you're not telling me a quarterback, the center, a guard, a defensive t- You're not going to tell me that somebody wasn't somebody wasn't mic'd up. What something triggered Miles Garrett, and you know, and you know, Miles kind of fancies himself like a big old nerd, like what he's into, and you know, what he, you know, he's very very different. Obviously, whether it's the dinosaurs, and he's just into so many different things. And it was always that kind of thing with like the gentle giant, like, yo, everybody had that friend growing up, like, man, if he ever got pissed off, I wonder what that would look like, because it'd be pretty damn scary. Well, we saw that. Miles Garrett was pushed to that point. He'll never let himself get there again. He, you know, he apologized for it. He understands, you know, you, you just can't let, you know, the fuse essentially explode. And it was brutal, brutal. For the Browns, I see you got to keep in mind, it was, there were two things at the time. It was a completely different regime when this incident went down. Um, so whether or not you know that would have changed anything, you know, John Dorsey, we can make all the John Dorsey jokes we want in the world. He wasn't dumb. He knew the you know knew the significance of the player. You know, knew the way the NFL cap was trending. It was going to be really, really easy to go ahead and make Miles Garrett one of the top players, you know, paid players in the league, but pot, uh, t- uh, top defensive player paid in the league. That was going to work. But you saw the way this new regime came in. And this was like one of the first things they had spoken about is, you know, we absolutely love the man. We absolutely love the player. You know, we love what he does for the city. He is going to be a part of this for a long, long time. You know, they didn't think anything of it. No fans have really thought anything about it. And tell you the truth, it's become so pushed under the rug, which it probably should have been. Look, it was an ugly incident. There's no way around it. But something triggered it. Um, you know, Miles is not that guy. We're not talking about an Albert Hainsworth where this was, oh, who could have seen this coming? Well, we saw it coming the year before. Then we saw it this year. And guess what? He'll probably go ahead and do it again this next year. Vontez Perfect, that type of personality. It was it was just a, a tough time for the man. And even, you know, the little he spoke and he kind of escaped from social media where he's, you know, a big, big presence. It was just tough for him to go through it because he knew his name had gotten sullied. And I think the worst part is, is he knew he did it to himself. And he's an intelligent enough man that, you know, you don't want to sink your own boat. And he kind of realized he did sink his own boat. So he went away, you know, got his mind right, got himself back to a better place. And it won't happen again with a player like Miles Garrett. And the the thing I have is now is you're talking about a guy who missed six games and how much is in that tank right now to get back out on the field and kind of get some vengeance back on people. And that's, that's really what's going to be interesting how it goes this year, because, you know, not only, you know, now he's going to probably play with a little bit more of a, an edge to him, um, which was always, I was really good at what I do. Now it's, you know, maybe I'm a little more, you know, aggravated because I had to take some hits that I did bring on on myself, but somebody's going to pay for the backlash that I took. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when you look back at the numbers and when you look back at what happened to him last year, every single thing and every single person that I've spoken to both around College Station and in Cleveland about this team and about Garrett, this is not Garrett. So when something is said, It definitely had to be said to a certain level to get the gentle giant to come out and become pretty much the Incredible Hulk. But as you said, it was a different regime. And Andrew Barry actually spoke to 105.7 FM in Baltimore earlier this weekend, talking about Garrett as a foundational piece of the defense. We do see Miles as a longtime member and a pillar of our organization. Great player, great person. Obviously, he made a mistake last year that he's learned from, but our confidence in and faith in Miles has not wavered. We are looking to see what he does 
this year and certainly for years to come. Keep in mind that uh, they picked up his 15.2 million fifth year option in 2021, but the contract negotiations are starting. When you look at a player like Garrett and you look at his potential, you know, the, the numbers are there 30 sacks in three years of, of production. But if you sign him right now, what is the term, or not even, I guess, the term, but what is the retributable number to get him on a contract? going into his, you know, his fourth season, very similar to Christian McCaffrey. I think what you're looking at, I mean, you're looking at something where maybe you're talking six years, 150 million. Um, wouldn't, I'm not going to be surprised if it's somewhere in the, you know, 25 million guarantee, guaranteed per year. He is his player. They're in a really, really good position um, because normally it's difficult when you're going to have to re-sign a Miles Garrett, and then you're going to have to come back and re-sign a number one pick in Baker Mayfield, a number four pick in Denzel Ward, all possible, thi- all, all possible things you're going to have to do. But with the spike in the cap the way it's supposed to go, and which is the key, obviously, to this season, everybody, if you're not paying attention, really, really key that there's football this year as far as you know financial implications for every NFL franchise going forward in the next couple of years. But you're in a golden opportunity to give him this big deal. Um, you were able to have a good draft class. You've got 10 picks next year, next year's draft. So you're in a you're in a position here now where you can get some cheapness at some positions. They're going to be able to pay a left pay a left tackle a rookie deal for the next four years. So you're going to save some money from there. You can apply it to Miles. Um, the you know a, the interior defensive line. The only one really making any money is Sheldon Richardson. Um, you know he possibly may not be here in 2021. The way his contract is construed. Um, Olivier Vernon's only got one year left on his deal. You only you have Jadavian Clowney where maybe now they're comfortable with the Browns with, hey, one year if that's the way it's going to be. So I think that they're going to say, you know, what, whatever we're going to have to replace is just going to come in from rookies. But, you know, this is the going rate for a player like this. You know, he likes the city here, you know, and which is weird because you really never thought a Texas kid would just, you know, come up to Cleveland and kind of ingratiate himself in the city. You know, obviously drastic different from where he grew up down in Texas, but it truly has and he's truly comfortable here. And the Browns, you got it once waver away from this. I mean, for years it was, all right, we're going to get this rookie, and then guess what? By year four, we may have to trade him, or he's going to end up leaving through free agency. It's not the way it's going to work here now. They've got stars in place. They are going to build off these stars. And when this is all said and done, and it's always until the next guy signs, Miles Garrett will be will be paid the highest contract of any defensive player in the NFL. And he will have deserved it, even with the suspension, you know, even – with the fact that time, you know, the numbers aren't exactly what everybody was hoping for. But I know this regime and the little I've spoken to, they feel the little bit that's held him back is not having enough quality players in that defensive line along with him. They have made a strong, staunch effort this year to do it. They're going to go minimum seven, eight deep on that defensive line. And that's only going to allow for Miles to get the most out of every snap he takes and just going to allow the production to increase because he is that guy. He has the quickest first step in the NFL. There are times he gets called for offsides. I'll be honest. I'm not sure if every time he's called for it, he is offsides. He is just that lightning quick. He is just that smart. He picks up snap count, snap counts. He anticipates well. These are all the things you're looking for when you say, are we going to put pen to paper, you know, and essentially for a front office, when you sign somebody, you know, a player to a contract of this length and this, you know, monetary status, it's, this is us. If this doesn't work out, we could lose our jobs over it. But Miles Garrett is the kind of guy that you're going to gamble with this on. 
Yeah, and I think that also when you look at Miles Garrett, and you did mention a little bit about his first step approach, defensive ends and defensive edge rushers who are able to have that initial step that automatically overpowers them in just pure speed against a tackle, whether it be a premier pass rusher or a great run-stopping tackle on the left or right side, that earns the money. We got Jeff Lloyd here on the podcast for Locked on Aggies. We'll be breaking down some other contracts that we've seen from defensive ends and how this will play into the Browns' long-term future in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked on Aggies. And much like you, I am a health-conscious guy trying to stay in shape during quarantine. But you always got to have your daily dose of breakfast foods. And for me, who's always on the run, I found a tasty new treat in Built Bars. Built Bar is an amazing protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar and comes in 16 amazing different flavors. My personal favorites include the mint chocolate chip and the salted caramel. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is not only good, but it's good for you. And it's covered in the chocolate that everyone loves. Plus, not only will it help you lose weight, it can help you maintain weight as a delicious treat. Take, for instance, the peanut butter brownie bar. It comes with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 net carbs. You're not going to find another treat like that out here. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your first order. That code is locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So whatever you're doing to stay in shape during this quarantine offseason, make sure you're using it with Built Bar. Not only will you see results, but you'll have a tasty treat to start your day off right. Gig them, y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We got Jeff Lloyd. Make sure you guys are following him at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Don't forget the underscore and the LJ on both sides or you're never going to follow him. <laughs> and he's a great follow. I promise you guys that. Jeff, we've been looking at uh, Miles Garrett and what his contract is coming up to. I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Christopher Knox from Bleacher Report came out with a very interesting article this morning about Miles Garrett going all in on him. When you look at the gold standard of edge rushing contracts right now, I think it comes back to two big names. And it's the $140 million pack for $60 million guarantees with Chicago and Khalil Mack. And then the 105 five-year million dollar deal with $48 million guarantee in Demarcus Lawrence got from the Dallas Cowboys last year. When you look at Garrett and his production, he, he kind of falls right in between the two with immediate success. You had Mack, who immediately exploded onto the field. Lawrence, who was a slow burner, but once he got the hang of it, immediately was a factor for that Dallas defense. This is Garrett, who was good his rookie year, not great, was fantastic his sophomore year, and was on his way to an all-pro year before the suspension happened. So in guaranteed money, that, that immediately, because we can always throw around just saying, oh yeah, you know, we're going to sign him for six years, and he'll be here all six years, but then the team continues to struggle, and you don't have the money, and he wants to go to a contender. You can always do that. But guaranteed money, what is a serviceable amount after 30.5 career sacks through three seasons. Well, I mean, you also keep in mind, there was some time he missed as a rookie. As a rookie. So not only did he miss the six games, you know, in year three, he missed some games as a rookie as well. So, you know, you, can, you equate that out. And the numbers that he's on pace, I mean, he's had more sacks at this age, at this pace, than Bruce Smith. You know, players of that ilk here. Um, you know, the age, he's still young, not even 24 years old yet. He won't be that until December. So you're going to get a fourth NFL season out of Miles Garrett 
while he is still going to be under 24, you know, for most of it, he's going to be under 24 years old. He's in the prime position. Um, you're going to, I mean, if you, you equate in what it looks like, you know, the TV money and what looks, what it looks like the cap's going to go, you know, max deal now is almost going to look ancient as it was going to, you know, it's going to be two, three years ago at this point. So you, you figure, you know, per year you throw 10 million guaranteed onto it. So, you know, it takes you up to 70, then it takes you up to 80. Um, if you really want to get this done, you, you, and you want to get it done quickly, um, and if you were the Browns, you do want to get this done quickly because you have the fear of the price is only going to get higher. So if you're going to talk somewhere between 80 and $90 million, um, you, know, you want to call it at 85, you know, that, that type of number are guaranteed here. And, you know, the way they have this regime is leveraged contracts. Um, they've kind of done it, you know, like you look what they did with Jack Conklin. They've done it where it's, hey, we'll give you a whole bunch of money right now. And we have the opportunity to go back in a year or two, three years and see where we're at. And you know what, if we got to redo it again, we'll, we'll redo it again. Or if this isn't working out with you at this position on this team, you can go somewhere else. You still have value. Um, so I, I think they're going to, they're going to try to play it both ways here. They're going to try to satisfy miles for the meantime, you know, next couple of years with as much guaranteed money as he and his agent, Bud Adams feel comfortable with and maybe giving everybody an escape hatch. Like you said, if he wanted to go move on or it, it just wasn't working out here any longer or his price tag just became too high for a team that maybe wasn't succeeding. But you're, you know, I, I'd figure 85 million guaranteed is, is, is a rough number probably at this point. Um, and, and probably part of it is due to his age. Um, Cause Khalil Mack, when he was going through this, he was not, you know, just turning, you know, like he wasn't 23 and a half years old. He was almost two years older. That's what gives Miles the probably prime advantage here is the fact that he is still just a pup as far as NFL you know, age is concerned. Yeah, and I agree with that because when you look at the production of all three combined, they started hitting their strides early, but also they had already received contract extensions. Uh, you know, you'll throw in Mac, who was also a first round pick. So when you have that, you have a fifth year option that, of course, John Gruden, when the new regime came into Oakland, they did not want to re-sign him to. So they had ended up trading him away, and he was, I think, 27 at the time. So all those things add up. But again, when you sign a guy, it means you're kind of hurting the rest of the team in another area. So we've heard the rumors, you know, about this being Baker's prove-it year. You have Nick Chubb, who was on a breakout season last year. I think he was, what, 80 yards shy of being the rushing leader. Uh, you have Odell Beckham Jr., who still is on his massive contract. You have Jarvis Landry, who still has two years left on his deal. You re-signed Austin, Ho- yeah, you signed Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin. You have young players on the defensive side of the ball. I love the Grand Delpit pickup for round two. I think Greedy Williams in year two is going to be fantastic. But you have Denzel Ward, who's going to be on his his deal as well, who was in, um, who was in the 2018 class. So you add all that together. The one player, if you sign Garrett, which is the one player that will suffer the most from Garrett's signing that the Browns fans are probably going to have to go, well, we're screwed. I think it's already kind of written and looking at the way, you know, this analytic front office, it's most likely going to be Nick Chubb. And and it's crazy to think, and it's only year two that we're, you know, kind of looking at this, but we actually talked about this on Lock On Browns, you know, last week. Um and what do the analytics kind of tell you? The analytics kind of go that fantasy way of, you know, running backs don't matter, so to speak. Um, and Nick Chubb is going to play himself into a, you know, you hear what Dalvin Cook thinks, you know, he's deserving of in Minnesota. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, agents talk and agents are always looking at everybody else's contract. You're going to be talking about Nick Chubb and his camp looking at say, hey, you know, if the cap does rise like it is, 13, 14 million per. You know, look, Carolina was comfortable with that with Christian McCaffrey. 
Christian McCaffrey also brings a lot more to the receiving game than Nick Chubb does, you know, here in Cleveland. And, you know, he may get better at that this year, but there also is Kareem Hunt. You can always find a tandem of, of receiving running back, a traditional rusher, um, the wide zone scheme. Yeah, it's it's a pretty friendly running scheme. So necessarily to pay a running back $13 million to produce in that. Um, I think Nick Chubb, because and especially the way there's this chart that's out and it was never supposed to get out of, you know, Paul DePodesta and part of like his vision, if he was ever a higher part of the front office on what they were going to pay. They were going to pay cover guys. They were going to pay pass rushers. They were going to pay quarterback. They were going to people pay people to protect the quarterback. The one thing that was not on that list was running back. Um, you know, and whether you feel it's disposable or not, and it, it sucks because I think Nick Chubb is, he's everything you want in a player on your team. He doesn't talk much. He's all about the team. He's all about his workouts. Everything he does is, you know, related to football. He keeps himself very grounded. The game is his life, but it's, he's probably the guy that's going to end up in a tough, tough position with this team going further. And it may not be so much that they don't necessarily have the money. Um, It could be similar to where it, it, what just went down with Joe Schobert last year. It's what they're going to value that position to do. And they'll love the fact that Nick Chubb is on a you know second round pick contract right now. But when it comes time to pay the Piper, I have a feeling they're going to be stadiums apart, just like they were with Joe Schobert on what they want to pay the position and what Nick Chubb, and I'm not dismissing this at all, on what Nick Chubb is going to deserve to be paid. Yeah, I think when you look at Denzel Ward, because if he has that fifth year option where you don't have that for a guy like Chubb, you can find ways to keep some money around, even if a guy like Ward was to hold out as one of the rising cornerbacks in the NFL. I don't think you can do that with Chubb, especially after after the two really standout years that nobody really talks about. He was four yards shy of being a 1,000-yard rusher in back-to-back seasons, including his rookie year, and that was coming off of a major knee injury that people thought coming out of Georgia he was never going to recover from. I remember being at Alabama still in college when that knee injury happened, and we were just stunned going, nope, Chubb's, Chubb's done. He's he's out, like career over, and the way he's bounced back is incredible. We got Jeff Lloyd here. One more question before we let him go. Make sure you guys are following him and the Locked On Browns podcast. They have a show every single day. Every single day is a Locked On podcast day. Go make sure you listen to them. But most importantly, Jeff, if you bring in Miles Garrett to a $150 million, $160 million, $180 million deal, which I do think with the new cap structure that is coming into place, you're going to be able to start seeing these massive mega contracts. What is the potential of Garrett when you compare him to the top pass rushers in the NFL right now, the top pass rushers of all time? Bruce Smith is kind of the epitome because if he was the single season sack leader and what he was able to do in the 90s for the Bills. Do you think that Garrett has that potential to not only live up to that contract, but to live up to the number one overall pick and potentially the greatest modern era defensive end? I, I, I certainly don't see why he wouldn't be there and you know, be part of that conversation. But you know, one of the things that you have now is these players today are so much more intelligent. And you know, these guys don't say, you know, oh, oh I'll stick around and play till 37. 38 years old. You know, Miles Garrett, it could be this contract extension. And he may say, you know, after eight, nine, 10 seasons of playing in the NFL, that's good. Uh, you know, obviously he'll have the financial security. Um, you're going to have to take it. And this is what you got to do with a lot of these players now who, you know, see the light earlier and get themselves off the field, get themselves all the way of the game. You're going to have to wait what they've done per season during, you know, to their constituents. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's 33 sacks in his career to this point through three years. 
you know, you figure you're penciling him in from, you know, minimum of 12 to 16 per year, as long as he has enough around him where teams can't take the entire offensive line and say, all right, we'll block Miles Garrett and don't worry about the rest of these guys because they're not nearly as good. You know, the Browns have been smart about, you know, investing talent around him. So there's just, it's not going to be that you can just take him out. And even still, that's where he's become more grounded, become more smarter. Hey, if I got to tip a ball down, hey, that's just as important as getting a sack, you know, getting us down to the next play, getting us off on the getting us off the field so the offense can get here. He is every drop of you know, what a superstar in this league is. Um, you see him, you know, he comes off the edge kind of with that first step that Lawrence Taylor had. He's got the extension. He's got the Bruce Smith kind of, you know, you know arm extension to him. He's just that solid of a player. And you, the more in the more and more is he is probably just that good of a person. And you bring him in here, you you hand him all of this money. You say you're going to be the face of the franchise, which essentially he's been part of that since the day he got here. He's carried the role well. Uh, he's you know defended the city. He's worn you know the the Cleveland Browns you know helmet on his chest like like a crown. And you know there's some players you know that understand maybe they're not playing for the greatest franchises and you sometimes see that in them and you hear it kind of in their words when they say it it's not the way miles garrett is you know he, he only knows losing with this and he knows that this has been the case here with this franchise for two decades since it came back he wants to be one of the main reasons that the cleveland browns are mentioned in january and not because they fired a coach not because they fired a general manager because they're playing on saturday night you know against somebody in a playoff game yeah, I definitely think so. But when you look at the defense right now and you see exactly how they're built up, uh, you know, you have Garrett, of course, but you have Ogan Joby, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon. You have a ton of talent behind them, including Andrew Billings, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, Mac Wilson, Sion Tataki, Denzel Ward, Carl Joseph, Grant Delpit, Greedy Williams, Kevin Johnson, Andrew Sandejo. Yeah, you can block Miles Garrett all you want, but two of them are going to come out of their way and get their own sack for them to be able to complete a defense. So no matter what, if you're putting a triple team on Garrett, he's doing his job by opening up other lanes for his for his other quality defenders to kind of help out. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media. And real fast, Jeff, tell the good people of College Station and around the world where they can find you. Um, obviously on social media, you know, at Jeff underscore uh, LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the show itself, Locked on Browns, at Locked on Browns. Um, and as you know, Cole was mentioning, Pro Football Network uh, will be launching July 1st. Um, Pro Football Network is starting to move into individual team pages. Um, the Dolphins one is up and running. Uh, Denver Broncos, Tennessee Titans, um, all getting ready to hit as well. Um, we'll start uh, July 1st. Um, they're full Cleveland Browns coverage. You know, you'll probably get about you know eight to ten you know pieces per week here. Obviously, it'll pick up a little bit more during the season when we have more to talk about pregame, postgame, all that type of stuff here. Um, but excited to get started with that and just you know add more here to the coverage. And um, you know, it's it's come through Locked On listeners. I mean, there's been more. There's advantages. I've seen you know, Cole know, I'll know Cody Work who does Locked On Broncos. Um, due to you guys and you know, your loyalness to us, it opens up you know, possible other avenues for us for more ways to create content. Um, we're thankful to all of you for that and appreciative. And, you know, it's basically giving the people what they want. So if there's more of an opportunity for us to provide more to you, we're thrilled to do it. And, and it comes. It comes because of you guys and the loyal listenership that you all, guys all have, guys and gals have to the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yep, and if you read any of my stuff for PFN, you know that I like the Browns very much a lot. He's going to be sharing a lot of my stuff because I'm going to be mentioning them a ton. I'll be mentioning his stuff a ton on my articles. So, again, 
we work together at PFN. It's really great. And I'm very excited to be having Jeff join our staff and for me to be able to have another voice to help cover the Cleveland Browns. Tomorrow, we will be actually reaching out to another voice who was up just mentioned. Cody Rourke will be coming on <laughs> to talk about Von Miller, his Black Lives Matter protest movement, what he has left in the tank, and of course, him battling COVID-19. You'll be able to hear from someone who actually has insider information of what it was like for Von Miller to battle the virus that we are all going through. You're not going to want to miss this show. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, take them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.